Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important. It doesn't sound much like Harry Kane is going to be arriving at the World Cup in peak physical condition, judging by the comments of his club manager, Antonio Conte, last night. No, he's not injured. It was a problem of tiredness, says Conte. He is really, really tired. I mean, yeah. I can't express how tired <laughs> your guy uh, is. Team captain exhausted. Is. Yesterday, he had a soft training session and at one point he stopped to recover energy. But he's okay. It's only fatigue. It's normal because Harry has played every game this season. This on the day that uh, Gareth Southgate, or well, certainly the night before Gareth Southgate, names his squad for the World Cup featuring, of course, their Kane, leader, fresh and hungry Harry Kane. <laughs> so he's hungry, Cup. all right. Just the freshness could be an issue. You're welcome to your World Service taster. You know what Kane needs to do, Murph? What does he need to do? Owen? Take a leaf out of Ken Erdy's book, take a couple of days off, go and clear the head, come back refreshed yeah. for the challenge that awaits in Qatar. Ken was back with a brand new episode of the football podcast for World Service members only today. And you know we're getting close to World Cup time when we catch up with our friend Oloashina Akaleji. Where do you think you got it all wrong today? That's the guy, exactly, asking the hard questions as always. Oloashina covers African football for the BBC, among others. And he had a really interesting answer to the following question from Ken. You mentioned, uh, obviously, it's a strange World Cup and obviously the timing, you know, has been unfortunate for players like Mane who, who have got these injuries and, and maybe it's going to put him out. But um, it's not the only strange aspect of the, of the World Cup, I guess. In Europe, there has been a lot of opposition to <clears throat> the whole idea of Qatar hosting. You know, there's been criticism in media. Some players have criticized. There's been demonstrations by fans in, for, in, for instance, in mm. Germany and Norway. Has there been any comparable opposition or criticism uh, in Africa, have these sorts of issues uh, been part of the the build up of commentary over there? Well, Africa is a different continent. Um, um, people rarely open up and talk about it. I think the only um, the only opposition to the World Cup is the fact that um, it's an expensive World Cup for a lot of people who want to travel. Um, there's a global recession. There's a there's economical. Uh, crisis going on across Africa. People are unable to travel to support their teams. 
Um, some of them are looking for help to get to the World Cup. I think that's just been the only conversation. And um, being an expensive World Cup, happening in, in, in November, happening in a place like Qatar, um, a lot of them are a bit unsure if they'll be traveling. A lot of them say they, they won't be going to the World Cup. That's different from even as as you know, as the question mark was raised over Russia, many of them still found themselves in Russia because of, I mean, where Russia is in Europe and how to get there. But for them, Qatar is more expensive. Um, the World Cup in Brazil was good, even though it's big. Brazil was big and all that. South Africa, continents, you know. So in, com in comparison, Qatar doesn't seem like an attractive place for most of these people who want to go and support their teams. In terms of other things like the human rights stories, in terms of the... Um, you know, alcohol issues and um, the LGBT crisis and all of that. Africans are a bit more, I don't know what word to use. They're very conservative, you know. Um, in Africa, people are still getting punished for um, being gay. People are still being punished for being lesbian. There's no, Africa is not really embracing, um, you know, um, same-sex marriage. You know, some countries are punishing people. Like Ghana, you can go to jail for for, for a number of years if, if you practice that and all of those things. So you can understand why Africa will not really get on the train of countries, um, you know, protesting and complaining about those things in, 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 in Qatar. I hope it makes sense. You understand why some of them, you know, they consider themselves to be very conservative. They consider them to be very cultural. Um, religion is a huge thing in Africa. So you can't openly come out and call yourself gay in Africa. You 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 might pay the price for that, and it's unfortunate because people are not allowed to express their own um, their love. They are not allowed to practice, um, you know, show themselves there and, and live the life that they chose to live. It's 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 a completely different story in Africa. So you would understand why Africa yeah. would only focus on the cost of the World Cup and not on some of the other issues that the rest of the world is discussing because they don't think it's their, it's one of their issues. In fact, they they love what Qatar would do with the, the the choice of LGBT and what have you. But in terms of the expenses, in terms of the location, in terms of the the the, the period, uh, I mean, like the, the the month of November for a World Cup, I think they have issues with that. But then again many will still find themselves in Qatar supporting their nations. There were some other topics up for discussion. The Sadio Mane injury, as you heard mentioned there. The Cameroon striker, Vincent Abubakar, talking himself up big style. And the return of the usual infighting in the Cameroon camp. Imagine that. Your country goes to play at a World Cup and the squad tears itself apart from within. You mentioned infighting at Cameroon. I mean, this is, the, you know, I, I don't know what that is. I'm, I'm wondering what's going on there. I mean, it is something which... I remember 2002 when Ireland played Cameroon, there was some pre-tournament problems. They, well, we, we had some, some big pre-tournament yeah, yeah, problems. Yeah, who are we to talk well. about it? Cameroon, Cameroon had some, had some problems then. They had some problems in, in, uh, in 2014 as well. I think I remember the song getting sent off and things. So were the players fighting each other or something like this happened on the pitch? What is happening? to Ken Murphy. He barreled on with all the other instances of Cameroon players in fighting. <laughs> I just feel like it's not our place to be throwing mud uh, on that particular, particular in 2002. On that particular topic, on that particular World Cup. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So, Fit asked that question. Pretty strange. I'm very disappointed, yeah, but there you go. What have I become, my sweetest friend? I mean, at the time I thought that you were completely in the right. Everyone I know But now I think goes away. she just played and just played in. I'm surprised you're really asking that question. And you could have it all. No, well, it doesn't matter really what you think. You weren't there at the time. I will let you down. You weren't a, an international player. I will make you hurt. And you had not the frustrations I had. If I could start again. You've not played at the international level. A million miles away. And you hadn't been accused of taking an injury, so... I will keep myself. What you think doesn't really matter. I would find... Ireland's first ever Gymnastics World Champion dropped by studio on Tuesday, Reese McLennigan. It's such a fascinating career. It's only when you start thinking, okay, let's go through the ups and downs of this guy because we're going to be talking to him, that it really is driven home. Because even before his triumph in Liverpool, he was already a European champion, a Commonwealth champion and a world bronze medalist. And yet has had enough time in his career, even at the age of 23, to have a lot of lows thrown in there. A lot of crushing lows as well. He didn't make the European final this year. He missed missed out in a world final. He obviously had the Olympics before that, which was a a disaster in sporting terms. But, oh, and also the Commonwealth Games. He won a silver medal this year at the Commonwealth Games. But that was after a really stressful time where he was told he wasn't going to be allowed to compete for Northern Ireland, having also represented Ireland. He ultimately was allowed to take part after having to campaign on his own behalf and politicians getting involved and so on. So there's just, it is one of the more interesting Irish sporting careers. Here's a nice chunk of our chat with Reese. We tried a new approach this year after Olympics and after World Championships last year. We were like, okay, let's let's change the routine about. Let's get the execution of the routine better by by adding in a different skill that had the potential to be executed nicer. Um, it turned out that that wasn't the case throughout this year. That's what the the main cause of most of the mistakes were throughout this year was this right. skill that was just throwing me off balance. I, you know, a little bit of panic in there, my legs separated. And when that happens, the judges just take so many points off you. So uh, we then, before World Championships, I was like, I think the best option here is to um, is to take the better of the two. I go back to the old routine that I uh, was competing at Olympics. Right. And um, that, you know, it, it paid off this time. Yeah. Uh, I wonder... Is 
is change nearly necessary or even the, like the 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 chance to experiment with change is i wonder is that kind of something that you have to do after uh kind of after not delivering at olympic yeah. and at european so you have to say right okay whether or not i can still go back to the old way but maybe there's no harm in me just saying okay let's just try something different for six months and that kind of takes you out of the yeah. kind of the the previous year yeah, you, you have to try and test these and put them into a competition program, test them in competition. Your mm. body reacts differently in competition and so does your mind. So you gotta you got to stress test these things. And that was a, a stress testing phase. And it was a difficult decision to, you know, train this routine all year and then, uh, you know, coming up to World Champions just be like, uh, it doesn't work. Huge call Let's go back. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you make that call or does your coach it, it's, it? It's a joint decision. So I, I initially said it to my coach um, and he was like, it just feels like we're going backwards. And, um, you know, we're, we're honest with each other. My coach isn't somebody to uh, have false confidence and mm. say like, no, this is it. So you need to do this. And, you know, it's definitely a discussion. So we were both under the impression it felt like we're going backwards, like back to this older but I was like, you know, if if it works, it works. If I'm scoring this score, mm-hmm. that's going to take home a world title. And, uh, you know, thankfully it did. What was that scale you were trying, Reese? Is it possible to explain to us? Uh, yeah, so it's just more or less... It's a pretty big table, I should say. There's no... <laughs> get up and um, <laughs> I'll, I'll handle this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's, it's more or less a, a travel along the pommel horse with a 360 turn in like a press-up position, although with your legs elevated yeah. above the horse. Um, and the the difficulty with this skill is it's out of rhythm. So normally you've got a standard rhythm. Each circle that you do around that ball horse is like, you know, if you listen to it on TV, you'll hear it. Yeah. And then this skill that I do is is out of rhythm. It, it's more like... Right. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's strange. Um, it's That's str- the noise my hips would make <laughs> if I attempted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I guess it, it, the fact that it's out of rhythm... Uh, you know, it, it means that I'll clash the pommel horse a little bit more. And especially you can't go into like a default mode in competition, which sometimes you do. And it's actually, it's quite a th- good thing to fall back on. If your focus slides a little bit, you still got that rhythm that you're following. It's just natural for our, for our minds to, to follow a rhythm and a pattern. So when towards the end of that routine, there's that new skill that's out of rhythm and it's slightly off balance, there might be a little bit of panic in there. And I think that's what happened with that skill. So we're just like, yeah, put that in the bin, go back mm. to the old one. Oh, well done. I make, make- Making that call, it obviously worked out for you, and you were really comfortable with what you were doing. And you finished your routine. You looked thrilled. You looked absolutely delighted. Mm. At that stage, you're thinking that's a gold, that's a gold medal routine, or you're thinking I've done all I can here. Whatever happens after this happens. A little bit of both. Well, like I, I know that the routine that I always do is the potential to win any gold medal, um, and that's what I train. I make, I almost make that decision in the training hall you know I don't make that decision I'm going for gold on competition day what I'm doing on competition day is going for that routine that mm. I've decided prior is going to be a gold medal winning routine uh, so I guess in it, when I'm in competition day that's the luxury of, of having that routine is that I, I know that it's always got that potential um, so you know I'm not giving it any more effort on that day but mm. when, when I do land that dismount it's just relief that I've done the job. I, I go there to perform this routine that I've been training. So I'm just like, relief that I've done it. The, the hard work was worth it and it's paid off on that day. Yeah. So you've you've done that. You're very happy with the routine, but you still don't have the gold medal yes. at that stage. Yes. So what's that like after the routine, but before the gold medal is confirmed? I, I'm still happy. Like, I, I, you know, it's almost just like, 
I don't care about the the score. I don't care about the results. I do that, but like in that in that moment, I'm more happy that you know I've done this routine. I'm just so happy I've done this routine. Um, and that's what my coach said to me. He's just like, you've done your job. Doesn't matter what the score is. Out of your hands. That's in in the judges' mm-hmm. hands. It doesn't matter what anyone else's routine is like. That's in their hands. Like you've done your job, and mm-hmm. that's such a, a gratifying feeling to to feel. And I'm glad that my coach always reminds me of yeah. that. Easy for him to say, but, it, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think like, he was more stressed still, about the scores coming yeah, in than I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you were out early. You've put the pressure on everyone else yeah. as well. So you're obviously aware of that. You, to a certain extent, you can kick back and allow the pressure to suffocate some of the some of the competitors. Yeah, and I think that that definitely does happen. And I, I think that's maybe the luxury of going up one of the first competitors because you know this big score of fifteen point three comes up. All the other competitors are thinking, "Oh, I need to do my best, yeah. best mm-hmm. here to beat that." And that's where maybe that that switch in mindset comes into play maybe they do give a little bit more effort than is needed mm. um, or than they're used to in training you know they, they're not going into each routine in training thinking I need to get this score they're thinking I, I'm just doing this routine how I normally do it and that's how you should approach every competition yeah uh, and interesting you you mentioned the order there because the previous two competitors before you the first two up they both fell yeah um, which is an interesting position for you to be in you know that like that the, there's a challenge there that like uh, it's it's it is you've referenced golf already, but it is kind of an interesting thing. You know, if you've two golfers playing the same hole, one of them miss, misses a three foot putt, the other guy's got a two and a half foot putt left, and all of a sudden everyone says, "Oh, you did, that guy didn't want to see the first guy miss his putt because now it's in his head." God, there's something. Is there something? Is there something going on yeah. here? So that like that's a really tough position for you to be in as well. It's two competitors you don't need to worry about, but it's also. God, I wish I saw someone just fl- like glide through their routine, yeah. and you know, th- this sport looks easy, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, well, the competitor right before me, I don't watch the routine because I, I kind of, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a little bit of a routine. It's not, um, it's not like a need to do this or anything, but it just gets me in the zone and focus. So when the person before me presents to the judges, then I turn around uh, with my back to the pommel horse and visualize my routine. And hopefully by the time they finish their routine, I finish my um, imaginary routine. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. this time, <laughs> yeah, this guy was falling on pommel. So I was like done my imaginary routine and they're still going. And I was like, okay, they fell there. So yeah. <laughs> I need to, Try need to regroup. Yeah. Here, yeah. Uh, how much of your, have you seen your family? Your, do you have much family at it? Yeah, my my mom, my dad, and my brother came to watch me, so it was it was nice to share that with them. Yeah, because I know you're, it was quite hectic for you afterwards. Have you had much of a chance to even catch up properly yet? Yeah, yeah, not not fully catch up, but you know we've uh, we've shared the moment together, and I think that's what matters most. Um, even like coming out of the arena, there was just a huge amount of fans. I needed like security to get me to my hotel, like fifty meters away from the exit <laughs> of the arena. Um, so that was crazy. And my mom and dad were there, but I just got to like see them uh, and not properly talk with them. So I'm looking forward. Or just getting home, sitting on the sofa with them oh, with yeah. a cup of tea, and yeah. um, just sharing the experience. Pass that medal around a bit more. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's been a mad time for you. There was the Commonwealth Games that initially you weren't going to be allowed to compete mm-hmm. in um, because you were going to be representing Northern Ireland, and you'd obviously obviously represent Ireland as well. How stressful was that build up for you? Yeah, that was quite stressful. Um, you know, it was it was more or less somebody. Uh, that's not from this island uh, you know there there are people in the in the international gymnastics federation like questioning my identity mm-hmm. uh, which is a, it's a difficult thing to do it's something that i don't feel like athletes should should handle and even even politics like you know i, I don't feel like athletes should handle uh, those situations at all I, I was going on interviews and i was like listen i don't know 
like I'm not a politician. <laughs> this is not my job. My job is to swing around that palm horse mm. and and put out good routines. Uh, so it was a stressful time for sure. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm glad we made it through. I, I still got a medal at the Commonwealth Games, which I'm incredibly proud of. Um, and yeah, it was a tough time. You, you, you did have to get involved, though. Even you didn't want to have to get involved yeah. in that, but you really quite directly had to campaign on your own behalf to be allowed to compete. Well, the main reason I was campaigning was not just for myself, it was for the younger generation coming up. You know, I don't want I don't want anybody else to go through that. So I was like, it's falling on my shoulders whether I like it or not. Yeah. So why not me make the change? Um, and I was trying my best to make that change. I think talks are still having, uh, uh, still happening. You know, the the situation isn't resolved completely uh, there's just still still a bit of confusion on, on what's going to happen but mm. uh, I'm hoping that I made a strong enough case um, so that it hopefully doesn't happen for future generations Murph we should mention the photographs with myself yourself and Reese McFennigan after yep. the took some lovely these, photographs there were some uh, very nice photos there you standing slightly apart and looking about seven foot taller than myself and Reese, yeah. who are arm in arm. Giant just, priest bothers world <laughs> champion gymnast. During an unidentified po- post, fan. I was going to say post-podcast interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's an element yeah, of that, right? Not a, just not a good look for me. But, I mean, I, the the thumbnail for the podcast helpfully edited, edited me out completely. No, not... Not quite completely. There is like a shoulder that's visible, just enough for a number of my friends to pick up their phone and go, "That's your shoulder, isn't it, Murph? What? How bad did you look in this photograph? That you were that just you had to be excised so brutally? Just a little too tall for the photo." Ah, I understand all I understand All that is available for World Service members right now Tomorrow they'll also be hearing our trip to Cork where myself and Kieran here went to meet our book reviewer for the latest I'll Tell You Wrote a Book Club episode that was the writer Emer Ryan talking about night games that's coming out tomorrow secondcaptains.com a fiver a month plus a little bit of VAT depending where in the world you're listening from that's all we're asking for you on a monthly basis no minimum contract nothing like that so well there is a minimum I suppose contract of one in month in the month you so, put, but you, but you know the I mean. month yeah, it's not a contract it's just, we're not hitting you for a year listen, or anything like that I think you'd really enjoy it yeah you I mean if you're listening to this then you're interested in what we're doing so come on in that's it why not have a Ah, listen, I've already said too much. All episodes on the World Service are ad-free. And Second Captains, the Second Captains podcast, is part of the ACAST Creator Network. What is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The Second Captains World Service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important.